Welcome to Oz Table Talk. We help millennials wrestle with their faith and start the conversations that we have been avoiding too long. So, let's get started. Welcome everybody to another episode of Oz Table Talk. This is, of course, our Christmas episode. So, I'll start by saying Merry Christmas and um, stop Matt from just acting like Santa over here. <laughs> <laughs> he's personating the carols, man. Yeah, he, he is, but he's only mouthing them and I think we should all be grateful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, come on, man. I love angels we have heard on high. It is like... Mm. Mm. Yes. Mm. yes. Mm. When certain people are singing it. But anyway, today's. <laughs> this guy. It's okay, bro. Don't take it personally. Last. La- it was, though. <laughs> anyway, last week we spoke about how we relate to Christmas. So obviously, we're having a bit of a laugh now, but if you're interested in that end of the discussion, how we as Christians should relate to Christmas, or even if we should celebrate it at all, refer to last week's discussion, because I think that would answer a lot of your questions. But today, we're really focusing on the the, the nativity story itself, the incarnation of Christ. And so... Uh, That's a big word. It, it is. It is. So does anyone want to put some flesh around that? Well, we'll, we'll break it down as we go through the episode. Mm. I thought it was interesting, before we are having this conversation... Um, we were just chatting about, you know, where, where this was going to go. Because you can go a myriad of different ways with the, the story of Jesus. Um, well, yeah, just with the story of Jesus. It's so massive. Mm. Um, and Nathaniel actually had a really, like, random but cool place where he suggested maybe we, we should talk about. And so I thought, you know, maybe what we could do is we could start there as kind of like a context and then head back to the nativity. And so it's coming to us from Luke chapter 24 where there's this really unique experience. So Jesus had died and uh, some of his disciples were just so disappointed that they had sort of missed the story about the resurrection. And they're walking along a road, terribly sad, and Jesus is is walking along with them there and they don't even know who it is. They don't know who it is, yeah. Yeah, and and he's like, why are you so sad? And they're like... Dude, don't you, you know? Heard what don't happened? you know? And he's like, it's like a lot of things? stuff off the press. The yeah, like, yeah, like, headlines. What what things happened? He says to them, and they're like, well, you know, this, you know, our our one only hope just died. <laughs> like, how did you miss this? And Jesus responds to them, and he's like, um, in verse twenty five, he's like, oh foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And you can sort of just imagine their mouths dropping open as he says these things like, what? Hmm. And then, Wait a second, you're saying this is supposed to happen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the big verse, Luke comes along and he explains what happened next. And it's, he just says, you know, simply, And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Shouldn't that be Luke saying that? Yeah. Oh, like, <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, I said it. Hmm. So um, Jesus is walking along the road. And he's like, why are you so surprised? Why are you so sad? What's going on? Um, and then he calls them a bunch of fools. And he said... Because he everyone likes being called that. <laughs> and then he begins to explain to them how Jesus, even Jesus who died... Um, fulfills the scriptures. And so, yeah, I thought that was a very interesting place to begin this episode because when we think about the nativity scene, the nativity story, uh, sometimes we, we get wrapped up in, you know, oh, the humble birth and all of this stuff. But it really began 
a long time before that, yeah. you know, because the mission of Jesus had been announced, well, ever since Genesis, right? Yeah. yeah. And so... Ever since scripture, sin was conceived, there was going yeah. to have to be Same a... That's right. There yeah. was going to have to be a saviour. And, and so it's what been was there. the point of his birth? Well, he had to come. Yeah, and he had to exactly. Us from That's yeah, right. He had to come in mortality, yeah. I think, so, to be sacrificed. So, yeah, what, what these guys were thinking on their way to um, Emmaus was, mm. you know, everything we've hoped for, yeah. gone up in smoke. Yeah. yeah. But they just didn't realise... Well, they, they, what they the say that he was of, meant to come and redeem Israel. Of Jesus coming was. They didn't understand the purpose. Hmm. So They were looking to, for an to, earthly saviour, yeah. not a heavenly saviour. Yeah. So for us to understand what the nativity and, and the incarnation, all that is about, we need to understand you know, what the whole purpose of Jesus was. Yeah. And how it was foretold. You know... That's a really good point you bring up, NATO, actually, because if you think about it, like I was just going to take us to Matthew 1, and I'll still read those verses, but those verses are um, pretty well worthless unless you give them the Old Testament context. Yeah. So Matthew one twenty one says, And, and he, he shall bring forth, she shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from, his, from their sins, right? And then a couple of verses later, the angel says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel. So we've got call his name Jesus because he'll save his, their people, the, his people from their sins, and then now call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Yeah. So you know these verses are amazing; they're powerful. But but think about it. So why would God be with us? Well, it kind of it does. It goes back to Genesis. And so you read Genesis and you see, you know, mankind is created in God's image. You know, everything is good, 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 very good in Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 2, you know, there's this introduction of man and woman and, and everything's looking pretty rosy there. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it ends by saying that there was no shame. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden in Genesis chapter 3, bah, bah, sin, bah. Yeah, <laughs> sin is conceived. And then God says, but don't worry. Because I'm going to put enmity between between you, the snake, and the woman, and she's going to you know have this seed, and the seed is going to crush the snake, um, and so there's this sort of notion of of war right from the get go from Genesis chapter three. As soon as sin, like you said before, Maddie, as soon as sin was conceived, the promise was given because this had been thought of long yeah. before. Hey, there was always a contingency plan, a backup. You know that yeah. uh, that that emergency glass you smash and grab yeah. the, grab the hammer out that. <laughs> This, it was this, there. this salvation plan was the, like, you know, the, the scroll, so to speak, behind the breakable glass. Yeah. Yeah. So as soon as, you know, in case of, you know, sin break glass, you know, <laughs> yeah. they were ready with a plan. Yeah. So which is actually really cool to think of. Um, you know, obviously we're going to keep moving on, but pretty incredible to think like when you've got three co-eternal beings in the Godhead and they always knew that in case something fell away from their perfect design, they had a backup plan. Yeah. I think it's really cool too, though, to notice that Genesis 3 promises a warrior, right? Mm. You know, someone that's going to crush the serpent's head. But what, what was Jesus called? Prince of Peace, though. Yeah, yeah. well, there's that too, but, but stick with me for a sec. And then in Matthew 1, we read Jesus, who was, you know, and, and maybe we could spend more time explaining that, but I don't think that's the purpose of this episode. Um, Jesus was that warrior, but it says that that warrior is to be called Emmanuel, which is to say... God with us. with us. So the warrior is God himself. Yeah. Like that's an amazing, mm. amazing part of the story, right? So God said there needs to be a warrior. There needs to be someone who's going to buy back this territory 
by destroying the one who took it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But I ain't risking anybody else, he says. So I'm gonna he's, go he's providing peace by fighting our war. Yeah, I think that's probably a, a, a nice application to that yeah. verse, yeah. So I'd like to do two things. One is zoom out, two is zoom in. So to zoom out, I think what all of these things that we're talking about paints a really interesting picture of God because if God would even want to be with us, what kind of God does that make him? You know what I mean? Like there are all kinds of conceivable versions of God that you could create, but the kind of God that we see that is expressed in the Bible is a God that loves us more than himself, like you're saying, Dave. Well, the fact that he even created us as free moral agents yeah, is a clear indicator of that, isn't it? Absolutely, because he could have created us and forced us into whatever mold he wanted. But then this, the fact that he goes the next step and says, not only do I want you to be a free moral agent, but I'm also going to cover for your stuff up. Yeah. I yeah, mean, putting in place something the, else, isn't it? Yeah. Putting in place the world's biggest insurance, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, insurance policy, yeah. insurance policy, but, and then paying out on the claim. Yeah, yeah, and, yes. but not even, not even to the point where he's just like, oh, and if you stuff up, like you know, I'll, I'll waive it. Mm. He's like, no, 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 I'll come in, I'll, I'll stand in the flames with you, you know, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego style, and more than that, I'm going to do it without violating your free will. Mm. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, and check out every time that what a that, story. That life that he led to, like of all the places um, Jesus, Manuel could have been born into, like he didn't give himself a silver spoon, you know, yeah. leg up in the world. Mm. He got himself into a working class family yeah. in a scandal too. They, uh, ultimately, they weren't married. And so Joseph is next thing like, well, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm this is, this is going to be really weird. I think we should just call the whole thing off and... Mm. Then he's got the, the intervention and it's like, no, Joseph, you've got to follow this through me. Yeah. There, You're there part are, of the plan. There are forces bigger than you know at, at hand yeah. about this. Mm-hmm. So yeah. just stay to the course. Yeah. So, but pretty, pretty incredible, you yeah. know, because he, yeah. he was a carpenter. I, I'm not sure what carpenters were paid back in the day, but mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine that it was... When, actually, when they went to the, the temple, does it say they bought doves? I don't remember. I th- does it? I think it. I don't know. I got a feeling I, it does. I had a feeling, and, I, I, and we all we know that the doves are obviously the the lowest form of offering. Yeah, the poorer offering. Yeah. So obviously they're not rolling in dough, mm. and I'm sure that some well, of the neighbourhood would never have forgotten about the scandal. Well, what what, what happened when they went to Nazareth? Jesus was born in the shed. Out the back of the, the motel. Yeah, and I mean, that, that had part he, he, to do with they, the, they the place being obviously didn't afford, packed, but you know, the penthouse suite. No. Well, that, that's right, yeah. They couldn't mm. couldn't buy someone out of their room, that's for certain. Mm. So. so, yeah, they were essentially in the shed. Mm. Yeah. So, just to follow through with the, the point from what I was saying before about, okay, so that's what that says about God. So, we can see some of, of God's character through the kind of God that he is. But then God follows that narrative all the way through, right? I mean, so, when you go through to Exodus chapter 25 and, and God is talking to Moses and he says, well, in, Jesus is talking to Moses, I should say. And he's saying to him, uh, build me a sanctuary. Why does he say build me a sanctuary? So I can dwell among you. So I may dwell among them. So, so this is God having a, a house, if you like, amongst his people. And so we see that narrative going all the way through scripture. Why does God reveal to the prophets what he's going to do? Well, so he can be connected with his people, so they can be prepared, so he can be one with them. And so there's this great expectation all through the Old Testament. We were talking a little bit earlier about the prophecies that were all pointing towards Jesus coming. And then we find ourselves, you know, at the this point in the story that we're talking about today, the, this this point of incarnation, where 
God is coming good on that promise. He's not just there in the sense of the Shekinah glory in the sanctuary. He is there in the sense of he is in a body. He is personally interacting with humanity. Hmm. Not only interacting with, but actually being human, which is totally amazing. And we probably should take a moment to talk about that word, right? Incarnation. Just to make that a little clearer, the, the word itself... Literally, you know, you could say it means the the enfleshment of the God. embodiment. Yeah, that's right. So God Himself literally becoming a human with a human body. Yeah. yeah. So that that's pretty pretty impressive. Um, and we could even spend a little bit of time to to look at some of the the ideas behind the the nativity scene because that's you know some of it. Obviously, being born in in a humble environment um, with you know. Uh, I guess angels, animals, and and shepherds to to witness the moment, yeah. which is pretty special. Obviously, I'm sure if you talk to any Christian about the nativity scene, mm. that always brings a bit of a warm part mm. to anyone's heart. The, the the idea of this, you know, this little manger and this little baby Jesus in in the swaddling cloth and the hay, maybe not quite as romanticised as well, we see it. But yeah. when when you bring it into Australian lingo. In the feed trough in a shed, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't sound that great anymore. No, it's, it sounds more of but that what was, it would have been like. But when, that was such when Seth had uh, sorry when Seth when Sarah had Seth. If someone had have allocated us a shed and a feed trough, I don't think I would be very happy about that. All of a no. sudden, it becomes like you say, much less romanticized. Hmm. But yeah. that that was really the, the start point that we knew that this plan was was starting to take effect. That it's also the ball was really of just how serious God was. Yeah. You know? Once that happened, once that omnipresence was given up by Jesus, he can't go back. We've mm. been told that this, mm. you know, this body that he's inhabited is going to now be an eternal reminder of, mm. you know, beyond the scars that he will carry from which he'll be the only one scarred in heaven too. Yeah. So, you know, let that sink in too. He's only going to be he's going to be the only one holding deformities and mm. yet he's going to I reckon look all the more beautiful for it because of the reasoning behind it. But yeah, you're right, Dave. That was the there was no like I don't believe it's in God's character to ever turn around on anything that he said. I don't think he's. I am the Lord I was about God. To say, I change not. I, th- I was about to say not humanly possible, but he's you know obviously so much more than human. Not but, divinely possible. But yeah, so he can't ever turn back on his word. But I guess for for humans, we'd say the birth that re uh, reincarnation. I'll get shot yet. The, <laughs> the incarnation. Sorry. Um, the incarnation of Christ. I guess was you could almost say the Rubicon. That was crossed, that we knew there was a definite no turning back. I just went and looked that up, by the way, and you're right. Um, it says that they were to bring a lamb, um, but if they couldn't afford that, that they should bring two turtle, two turtles Turtle doves. Yep. or two young pigeons. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what they did. They, they brought the turtle doves and the pigeons. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I'm not always right, but I'm never wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we'll ask Bree later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, just to bring us around to something that we were talking about earlier when we were referring to the disciples on the road to Emmaus, right? We see the discussion that they had with Jesus in long form, but then we just have that single verse that's allocated to the reference that Jesus went through the scriptures and revealed to them the things concerning himself, right? Yeah. And so, we've, we've spoken a little bit about that. But what does the incarnation mean for us looking back? I mean, we can look back at it, as we've been saying, it's amazing that God became one of us. But why is that so important? What bearing does that have Why did us? he have to be made yeah. mortal? So, <laughs> Hebrews says that he was yeah. um, made flesh for the sufferings of death. Mm-hmm. So, according to the value 
of our soul and also the value that God places upon his word, you know, that he's, he has perfect integrity, mm. uh, it required, sin required a sacrifice. Mm. And God was, was bent on him being that sacrifice for us rather than us having to deal with that ourselves. Mm. But he couldn't. As a as a hundred percent divine being, he couldn't actually bleed. You know what I mean? He couldn't yeah. be that sacrifice. And so, for for Jesus to become one of us, so for God to be made with us, like physically, to become also a hundred percent man, uh, was part of the part of the reason for that was just so that he could be that sacrifice for us, mm-hmm. suffer the consequences of our actions for us. And and I suppose absolve us from the guilt that that our sins had um, held upon us. Hmm. So yeah, according to the author of Hebrews, one of the reasons for it, of course, is because God could not atone for our sin any other way. Hmm. He also couldn't be our example any other way because if he wasn't susceptible to the same temptations that we are, then he could not be our our substitute. We've spoken about that concept in other in other episodes but that is very very central to our theology that we have jesus as our savior but also as as our example yeah it's also the reason why he um, wasn't born into a, a wealthy family hmm. if he'd been born into a wealthy family we could turn around and say well it was easy for him yeah, he, he chose he had not, not relatable yeah. not relatable he chose a harder road than many of us would even have um think about have i mean how many of us mm. were born in a feeding trough yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 But then at the same time, he could relate to the richest of people because all the universe was at his command still. Mm. He could have called down whatever. We well, said a legion of angels. Yeah. Well, I think you can always so, relate so he had up, that power but there. not down. But he was yeah. also could relate to the poorest of the poor. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And I, I mean, he would have had a working career too. Yeah, well, hey, he was 30 before he he started his ministry. That's right. He was 30 before he started his ministry. Yeah. And there's kind of this bit of a time lapse in his life from when he went to the the temple and he says to his parents when they lost him, you know, Mm. where did you think I was? Of course, I was going to be in my father's house Mm. to when he really goes to John the Baptist and he starts his ministry. Mm. So in between that time, I'm sure he's... Obviously, there's a lot of people and the the popular theory is he's probably done an apprenticeship with his dad and he's had a working life. And so that's allowed him, I guess, the capability... To go out and relate to fishermen, tax collectors, doctors, yeah. um, you know, mm-hmm. Jews, Gentiles, the, the works. Yeah. So, I was beyond actually, obviously the, the character of, of God that he had. I was actually in a workshop uh, with Dr. Peter Rowenfeld and he was talking about Jesus growing up because... Just like name dropping, do you? <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, he was on the show a couple of weeks ago. Anyone who listens regularly probably heard it. So, yeah. you know who I'm talking about. Uh, but he was talking about how... Jesus' experience is often a, a little bit different to what we would have thought it to be because we get the picture of, oh, he's in this little country town in Nazareth and all the rest. Whereas in reality, a walking distance from Nazareth, there was the new capital that Herod was building. And so there would have been a maximum of, I think he said, of about 30 houses in Nazareth. And so there wouldn't have been enough work to supply Joseph with 
uh, enough work to survive. So he must have worked outside of Nazareth and there was this thriving city that was walking distance away. So that would have been the likely place that he and Jesus would have been commuting to work every day and, and building there. If you walk the other direction from Nazareth, the busiest road in the country was literally like just walking distance. There was there's a cliff that you can walk to and watch like the busiest road in the empire at that point. And so he said a lot of people think that Jesus lived under a rock for the first 30 years, when in actual <laughs> fact, that wasn't the case. He was interacting with people. He was working in the city. Then he was coming home to the, you know, to a, a secluded place for, for rest. And, you know, he was uh, familiar with people from all different parts of the empire because they were literally traveling just walking distance from his door like, along this road. So Jesus would have been able to, like you're saying, relate to so many different people because of where he grew up. Mm. So in other words, he lived in suburbia. <laughs> you could say that. You could say that. Uh, I lived on the front doorstep of the Bruce Highway, mate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Only I think the Bruce Highway's got more potholes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, that was during the Roman times. They did have... They did the, have They roads, had right? the best highways. Yes. Thank the Roman army. Right. Just going back to what you said before, Luke, about Jesus couldn't be our example... Um, and you said he couldn't be our substitute um, if he had not have lived a human mm. life and gone through the, yes. the temptations and struggles that he did. Uh, it goes a, a step further than that as well because he, he wasn't just to be the, the lamb but also to be the priest. Mm. And so when those disciples were walking along the road and Jesus was asking them, why are you sad? Mm. Um, part of the question for him was, shouldn't you be rejoicing? That I've now moved from the the role of substitute to the the role of priest. high priest, yeah, yeah, and so now Jesus was was going before the Father and becoming what the Bible calls calls the surety or the assurance um, for our eternal salvation. Hmm. Um, so Jesus also, according to the biblical story, and there's probably not enough time to unpack this, but he could not have been a faithful priest and even high priest. Hmm. Um, had he not have gone through the experiences of humanity that he went through. Yeah. A, because like you said, we wouldn't be able to relate to him, mm. and so we wouldn't be able to trust him. But also, he needed to represent us to the Father. And the idea of representing us, uh, you'll find it in the Old Testament, as a blood relative yeah. coming before a court mm. was was as good a representation as yourself, virtually, yeah. And so when Jesus comes into the presence of the Father now, mm. as humanity, mm. he comes as a blood mm. relative of mm. us. Mm. And so the story of, of Jesus, the story of Christmas, is so much bigger than we often imagine it to be. Mm. You know, Jesus being born in a manger was, was I'll, I'll say the beginning, but we all know that that wasn't the beginning beginning, but that was mm. the beginning of the greatest story that's ever played out, right? Yeah. Like this is an incredible stuff. Mm. Because without but think of the vulnerability of it. Oh, yeah. you know what I mean. Mm. For God to save us without coercing us involved extreme risk. Mm. You know, yes. one thing got gone That's wrong right. in that pregnancy. Mm. You know, and we know that happens. Yeah. You know, one thing gone wrong after that when Herod comes hunting him. Mm. Oh man, the mm. whole life of Jesus. Like we know there you... must have been angels working overtime to keep that kid alive. Oh yeah, but even then beyond that, like once. Jesus takes ownership of 
of his life, he only had to slip up once. Yeah, and the devil yeah. tried to come at him. Oh, mate, came at him hard. hard. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think we, we realize how hard it was, but we did talk about this on a, on a previous episode. Um, but, yeah, the devil came at him with, like, the hardest guns blazing. Just for, for people, well, for him to look at himself, like, in himself as more valuable. Yeah. yeah. And he only had to convince, it would have only had to have convinced him once and it would have been, yeah, Show would have been enough, yeah. So just to sort of start tying the ends together and, and wrapping us up for this episode, I think it, it would be good for us just to re- reflect on any any key insights that you guys want to want to leave this one with. Any any key ideas? Can I just say one more thing before you wrap? Yeah, sure. Um, another part of the, the big picture storyline of Scripture that Jesus was born to fulfill was that humanity's corporate head, Adam, failed. Yeah. And so we needed a new representative, mm. right? We needed a new Adam. We needed yeah. a new Adam, to use Paul's language. Mm. And so in Romans 5, it says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all sinned. Uh, he goes on later on in the passage to say... Uh, where am I looking at this? Therefore, as by the offence of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Condemnation. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men mm. under justification of life. Mm. So Jesus becomes the new Adam for mm. humanity, the new representative for humanity. He becomes the mm. new huma- humanity. Mm. And so when Jesus was born, it was kind of like, Humanity was reborn. Mm. You know how the Bible says, Jesus says, we need to be born again? Mm. It was like the physical experience of that new birth happening before our eyes. Mm. So, you know, we get together at Christmas, you know, and we celebrate Jesus. Yeah, 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 it's the wrong time of the year. We all know that. Who cares? Mm. We celebrate Jesus because we're celebrating the new birth of humanity. Yeah. Yeah. What an amazing fact. Mm. Just just a reminder of of everything, isn't Mm. it? Yeah. Just to, to tie, I guess, tie in with this idea of mm. what it is. And I guess it's just a reminder of the hope, you know, the mm. hope that we have. And I guess I, I looked no further than going back to that nativity scene. So in Luke 2 and um, just the, the story of the shepherds, you know, and it says out in the same country, shepherds were living out in the fields. This is Luke 2, uh, starting in verse 8, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Saviour who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And then suddenly there was an a- with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. Hmm. You and just if, imagine you're out camping and that happens. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it's just so awesome. I mean, just imagine that. Like, th- those verses just wrapped in condensed that this this whole thing was coming for the goodwill of men, you know? Yeah. Um, Dave, you're talking about that, you know, that living embodiment of that, of that new birth and then mm. of all the hope and everything it brings. And these mm. angels are just like, guys... Yeah. 
Yeah, because they get you, it you, you way beyond what we have. Yeah, that's right. Had. The angels are like, yeah. you know, I know you guys are terrified because you're seeing us in our in our glory, but you don't understand. Yeah. You've got front row seats <laughs> to the best thing like that mm-hmm. you are ever going to see in your yeah. entire mortal life. It's, it's almost like they're, they're yeah. there. It's <laughs> like, come on, we got to tell some of these humans. Like, mm-hmm. Go yeah. and see him. Mm-hmm. Pretty crazy that the Magi were coming from halfway around the known world to, yeah. to see them. Yeah. And, the, and the Israelites were just so oblivious to it. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. that that's certainly not where I wanted to, yeah. to, to yeah. end this one on because mm. it's Christmas. Yeah. So we want to end this on such a high note of H- this. How much of an understatement is that though? Hey, like, I bring you good tidings of great joy. You know, we read it like Language you, fails. you read it with expression, but there was nothing compared to what the angels would. That's right. Like, you know, they, this is where we go back to that song. that song that you were angels we yeah. have heard on high. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just at our church, but and, and, when, and when what, that comes what's in the, what's the chorus? Time, chorus? It's all that basically. Latin stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Gloria in excelsis Deo. Yeah. 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 Glory yeah. to God in the Most High. Yeah. yeah. But it's just incredible when you when you tie all that together and i think i don't know about you guys but what i would like to encourage our listeners and and i'm encouraging myself to do this as well is to put some time into actually thinking about what jesus did by becoming human because as we've discussed it has so many facets we, we have covered a handful of them but we're still only just scratching the surface right we could be going we could all go all night, night. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah but I think if we do dedicate some time to that, because it's so easy to fire along in life and, and to totally miss the beauty of what is going on with this. And so I just encourage you to spend some time and think about that because, yes, all of Jesus' life is important, and but ultimately it is every part of it from the his, the start of the nativity scene, yes, but all the way through to the, the cross experience, all of it was necessary for our salvation and all of it is instructive all of it is helpful and all of it gets us to understand God better which is something I think we all need so. mm. um, we should also take the Christmas challenge like did you see it in the verse there verse 14 you finish with it Matt like glory to God in the highest mm. first part yeah. and then on earth peace goodwill toward, toward men like that's that's the challenge that God gives us at Christmas yeah. and he says bring glory to me and on earth, you know, you, you should be sharing around the peace and the goodwill toward your fellow men. You know, sometimes we have a tendency of Christmas making time. It, sometimes we have a tendency yeah. of making Christmas all about ourselves. But yeah. ac- according to the verse, if we're celebrating Jesus, mm. you know, we should be celebrating it by bringing peace and goodwill mm. toward others. So yeah. how, how can you bring peace within your family, within your workplace? Mm. You know, those sort of things. Yeah. yeah. We may not be able to you know, bring peace to the whole world, but we can bring a little bit of peace, a little bit of what's talked about there into our little sphere. I think yeah. that's a very good challenge. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Let's do it. Well, with that, peacemakers, uh, we'll leave it there. Hope you guys have a great Christmas. and yeah. uh, Much love to your families. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And we look forward to seeing you guys next week. Yeah. Seeing which... I believe will fall on the new year. Absolutely. And we have a special episode coming up for that. So. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Merry and Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> so just a couple of things before you go. 
Firstly, if you enjoyed the episode, please tell us about it. Jump onto social media wherever you happen to find us and tell us what you thought of the episode. Give us any suggestions or topics you may like to see in the future. We read everything and respond to just about everything that we can. Secondly, if you enjoyed the episode, share it with someone else who you know would love it too, because that's ultimately how we grow. If you share it with your friends and then they share it with their friends and so it goes on. Thirdly, if you want to be one of our favorite listeners in the world, just jump on and give us a review. Particularly if you can jump into iTunes, give us a review there or whatever podcast aggregator that you happen to use. And also, if you want to give us a review on our Facebook page, that would also make a big difference to when people discover us and decide whether we're worth listening to. That would be a real blessing. But until then, we look forward to seeing you next time and have a great week. Bye.